Welcome to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on from science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yes, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Potter. I'm, I guess by process of elimination, I am hmm. Carrie Poppy now. I knew it. Because each name I has to come up. I knew it. You forced me into it. I could sense it this whole time. Maybe you're psychic. Maybe mm-hmm. you're a psychic mm-hmm. medium. Maybe mm-hmm. you're like John Edward. Oh, the guy we're talking about today. Yeah. Again. This came up at uh, Camp Quest West, which I just came back from. Oh, yeah. Welcome I w- back. I was at last week. That was uh, super fun. Had a whole week away from work, off in the woods. Doing uh, other work. Yeah, doing other work, but a totally different type of work. I am program director there at Camp Quest SoCal, and it was super fun. Nice. Another great year, but it was fun. One of the activities that I was helping lead was a demonstration of cold reading techniques. Oh, fun. For the kids. Okay. So I came out one day, I was Esmeralda. The next couple of days, I was Olmus. I would give a reading to the children, you know, pick like little areas and say, okay, I'm sensing over here one of you had an argument with your parents before coming to camp. <gasps> mm. Wow, one of them raises their hands. How did you know? <laughs> and, uh, That's fun. Yeah, I got a particularly good series of hits with one kid who, I can't remember why I started reading them, but I said, I sense you've got a good friend at school, someone that you're thinking of. Yeah. And uh, oh, and you you like to play sports together. Yes. Hmm. And this is this wouldn't work for me. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember the other specifics, but this kid was very impressed. And then afterwards, when we were kind of like discussing, so oh, what, what resonated with you? Yeah. said, well, just the fact that you knew that Simon, my friend from school, had come with me to camp. Oh. Said, oh, well, I didn't know that, but I love that you gave me credit for it. <laughs> Simon, where are you? Well, there was Simon sitting right next, oh, wow. <laughs> next to the child. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, hey, that worked out really well for me. And that's what this is about. Yeah. Affirming me as a psychic reader. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so it was just fun because I had John Edward fresh on my mind. The reason I brought this up was because one of the counselors was there and said, oh, can you define the difference between psychic and medium? Okay. Like, why do you need to say both? And I know we've deconstructed this on the show before, but a psychic is generally someone who has a connection to the beyond or the other side or like some sort of additional information that they are open to and Mm -hmm. can channel through to you while a medium specifically talks to people who have passed, who have died. So medium is kind of a clarification on psychic. I don't think you can be a medium without being a psychic. I think that's true. I do think it's a little redundant in that way. Though I wonder if the average person would know medium immediately off the bat if you didn't say psychic medium. Mm-hmm. You and I would, but and apparently I feel if like there's psychic is the more common. If there's term. more than one of them, they're not media. So true. So true. Well, that's it for our show. <laughs> okay, so we've left you. At the John Edward VIP event I've been telling you about that happened at the Burbank Marriott Hotel across from the airport. And we just cleared out the riffraff because it's time finally for my VIP party. I'm all excited. I'm gonna oh, get yeah. To, uns, uns, uns. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. to ride in the limo, go hang out with the disco ball and John Edward, take pictures. There isn't it's, really a limo, is there? No. Oh, okay. No, but this is in my that mind. That would be exciting. And what's in my mind is much better than what happened. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. So the remaining hundred of us with our orange wristbands with the wrong date on them are all sitting around looking at each other like, well, what do we do now? Where do we go? And How um, many were there total? Like 325-ish okay. people. So a, a third of the people here are very important. 
Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, got it. That's how it works. Okay, because they paid a little more money. Yeah. So Rebecca, our Spitfire lady, comes up and kind of corrals us again. Okay, you should all have the orange wristbands now. And uh, we finally got the air turned on. I guess it was hot. I don't know. Mm. I, I can't remember. Oh I, yeah, Ross doesn't register when things are too hot. I was fine. Uh, no surprise. Uh, Ride in a car with Ross sometimes. Every <laughs> single one of you. And feel <laughs> free. Warm. Feel free to tell Ross. <laughs> can I turn on the yeah. air conditioner? You tell him he'll let you. Yeah, he'll let you. And he won't notice the difference <laughs> or or he'll appreciate it. he'll be like you know what that was a good call thanks for turning there on the you air go. all right i should do that sometime <laughs> uh, i mean it's great it's better for the environment that you don't notice sure yeah she did a little more of her crowd work tinged with sarcasm because she was telling us about what was to come Mm-hmm. Another thing that we're supposed to do as VIP members, because we filled out our forms and we've turned them in like we're supposed to, we're going to eventually when she gets time, not right away, don't pester me, we're going to send you an email to sign up for the Evolve group mm. on johnedward.net. Okay. So that's going to be your exclusive year-long membership to Evolve. Okay. And we're going to send you a book and all of that's going to be great, but make sure to keep an Eye out for that email and then sign up. Also, we're going to have an exclusive event happening in May. But if you've got a question, be very specific about where you attended and when because we're moving all the time. And this one lady, she once wrote me and just said, my tickets, question mark. And I wrote her back, yes, question mark. So That is an annoying email to receive. Sure. We were warned not to be that lady. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we're ready for John Edward to come back. So he's had like a few minutes break. And he pops back out of the door, you know, right behind the stage. And we all, you know, clap, 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 clap. Yay. Big applause. We're very excited. He's just done this very long reading. It's been very impressive. Everyone has a very positive recollection of how that reading went. Sure. Everyone who isn't me. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Yeah. But Was um, your impression negative already? Like even without reflection and looking at your notes and everything? Yeah. My reaction was, he's good at this. Mm. Like, even though... If you ask me to list the people I like least in the world mm-hmm. after some political figures, he'd mm-hmm. be high on my list. Oh, wow. Okay. And yet being there, I didn't dislike him. You know, he plays the crowd well. He seems jovial. He's got this really interesting balance between sincerity and snarkiness Okay. that he's constantly seesawing back and forth on. Um, you like people like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like his way of dealing with the crowd is it's interesting It's engaging. But as far as his cold reading went, I feel like he didn't do much of anything that made me think like, oh, that had to be a hot reading. There were only a few moments where I was like, oh, that was a good hit. Right. I see. Like, you know, we'd established a Ron. And then you said, who's the other Ron? Ronnie? Ron Jr., his son. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, every now and then there was one where I was like, oh, wow, does that need hot reading as an explanation? But not enough that like I came away from this going like, wow, that was so precise and impressive. But it was the delivery, the way that he was was able to take... What I would say is just, you know, obviously competent after 37 years, a a cold reading performance and make it feel even better than I think it was. Mm -hmm. I think that's an extra talent laid on top of his baseline talent. Interesting. So so I would say my impression at this point is like, yeah, this guy's really good. He knows how to work a crowd. He's got his shtick. He knows how to manage things that can go awry. Yeah. Okay. Make them feel like they're not. So we'll get in a little bit later into an analysis 
that I did of some of his statements. Okay. All right. But the first thing he does is as he comes up, he says, all right, I need each one of you, and I'm going to have you do this as well, Carrie, to pick a number between one and nine. Okay. You've done that? Yeah. All right. Well, hold on to it because I'm going to tell you what that means later. He's going to tell us all what that means later. Okay. He just has us pick that number and says, remember it. Okay. So Am I not supposed to switch? I'm tempted to switch. Mm. He's going to say, nope, hold on to that first one. Okay. And I lean over to one of the gals next to me and and mention, I bet most people pick seven. Mm -hmm, And I just mm -hmm. wanted to register that. So when it happened later, she'd be impressed. And I think she said, I pick seven. Yeah, that is the most common one. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those standard tricks magicians like. There's a number attached to that, like the percentage of people who pick seven. But it is much greater than the... Average of one out of nine. Exactly. Yeah, totally. It's a good way to go. And so I picked something different. I did not pick seven because I had the same thought. Yeah. (laughs) Can't do seven. That's predictable. I am a woman. I am not going to think of the queen of hearts, the most common card women think of. (laughs) Exactly. I just have this little list of like the really obvious ones and I will not be doing that. I'm going to pick the three of clubs. Oh, I (laughs) fell into James Randi's (laughs) trap. We're referencing uh, James Randi, the famous magician and activist. Mm -hmm. Who would love to point out these kinds of tricks? And yeah, women, if asked, women were more likely to say the queen of hearts than any other randomly chosen card. And men were more likely to pick the three of clubs. Is that right? No, it's just... I thought it was the two of spades. Oh, okay. The three of clubs was one that he would work into a lot of his routines and Penn and Teller does now too. Ah. It's kind of like a fun magical... Oh, callback. Yeah, callback. It's just like, oh yeah, that's our fun little card that we use that sounds random but oh, okay it's Cute. our in joke yeah okay i Neat. think it's on somebody's tomb somewhere as well where you can you, like you go to a physical space and you find like the three of clubs and that was the answer to the problem that was Got set it. up in One a forced choice earlier on Love yeah it. anyways so he was going to take more questions from the audience now yeah and said we'll come back later with the numbers that you picked we'll do an exercise with your guides so, okay. And I see your guide with you here, Carrie, so that's great. Ross is looking at the air above my head. Mm-hmm. Um, feels normal, feels good, moving on. <laughs> so a uh, really hard-hitting question right off the bat from my perspective, the right side of the audience. Someone asked, would you do another TV show? Oh, yeah. And John Edward says, well, yeah. If it doesn't feel contrived and like the right opportunity comes up, then yeah, the answer would be yes. Which is funny because it sounded like from the question, the thought was just like, he only doesn't have a show because he doesn't want to do a show. Or Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. At, at a moment's notice, if he decided, I want another show, he could have that show. Oh, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. Somebody else then asked him, how do you decide which spirits to talk to? Hmm. And he said, "Yeah, I don't, they do. Sure. Yep. That's all directed by the spirits. Yeah. He said that he gets pulled literally to a section. So it's kind of a brilliant question. I had never thought about it. Yeah, if you really just have this like direct speaker box to the great beyond, mm-hmm. there should be quite a lot of clatter of someone being like, get out of here, John. Gabriel needs to talk to Sally. Yeah, and it seems like he often nods to this sort of elbowing and jostling that happens in the spirit world. Mm, okay. And it'll often take the form of him saying like, oh, I, yeah, that womanly figure in your life. Oh, that's your aunt? Yeah, because I feel her like... Telling me, don't listen to anybody else. Talk to me right now. Oh, okay. So, all right. He's already developed this little Mm -hmm. uh, thing I've got going on in my head. Okay. little mental image of what's happening there on the spirit side. And it's interesting. He also described a physical sensation attached to that pulling that feels like a blast of cold energy hitting him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. From the 
behind or the front? I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm picturing it from, from the behind if it's like pushing him toward the audience. Yeah, yeah. Is it like, oh, there's a there's a wind and it's a nor'easterly wind. Yeah. You know, that. so I got to look that direction where the wind's coming from. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh, from. Interesting. Or, or toward. Tor- yeah. yeah. We need to know. Is this a tornado or is it a gust? It's enough that he can't does ignore it. Does it suck it. or does it push? <laughs> yeah. Does it suck or does it blow, John? Yeah, exactly. These are the questions we need to know. And then he inserted a little reminder also that the spirits also kind of, I don't know, somehow orchestrate so that the message that he's giving to this particular relative will be applicable to other people nearby as well. So How kind of them. Yeah, of course. There might be a message for you even if you didn't directly get called on. They're able to orchestrate all that, but not to get across. My name's Mary, not M. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Great. And I think he was trying to take a certain number of questions from each section, and he started kind of turning toward the middle section where I was. Mm. And so I just... Raised my hand very energetically. raising his hand. And thankfully, that got his attention. And he turned to me to ask the next question. So you predicted the type of question that I would ask. And you said... okay. What did I say? You predicted that my question would be a quality control question. For example, how does he spot bad psychics? Oh, okay. So here's my question. I said, most of us have jobs with governing boards or certifications. (laughs) (laughs) What what is it like being in the psychic world without those controls? And what do you, what do you do when you see other psychics doing things you disapprove of? And has anyone eleven years, folks? Eleven years. <laughs> has anyone ever tried to correct you about what you do? Wow! So you got the best reading of this whole event. Uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. All you have to do is know someone and talk to them hours and hours and hours for over a decade, and you two can cold read them. So yeah, right on the money. <laughs> it was exactly a quality control question. Whereas if I were there, I'd be like, "Are there horses in the afterlife? Are there dogs?" What about cats? Carrie says holding a dog. Yeah. I'm always asking about the animals. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And I probably would have predicted that for you. Yeah. Which would have been germane. And I've heard him answer that question many times. And the answer is yes, the animals do follow us into the afterlife. Okay. Oh, they follow us. Um, I feel like there needs to be that human energy, but they get included in the afterlife. Okay. So yeah, I've heard him answer that multiple times. Well, then I wouldn't ask that. So he got very excited by my question. He said, oh, I really love your question. And again, one of those ones where he's like, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. He's like, yeah, that's right. There is no governing board. And he really, he he loved that (laughs) phrase, governing board. Yeah, there's no governing board. Maybe this whole thing is not well controlled. (laughs) Yeah, I always want to, because I figure no one's going to self-incriminate. You know, it's uh, pleading the fifth kind of thing. So I could be a dick and ask a question that's like, how do you sleep at night? Sure. <laughs> but I want to give a little nod to the fact that I see a plot hole here. Yes. But how do you see this whole situation? Yeah. I allow them to be broad about it, but I at least insert something that could lead them to a more self-critical question, ideally, if I can form a question like that. Also could potentially give them room to hoist themselves on their own petard. Indeed, yes. Because this person on the receiving end of the question, has to come up with an answer that feels satisfying to you mm-hmm. and doesn't make it clear that they are not following those guidelines. Right. So he said that he wants to say that he sort of represents that, not governing board, but sort of a bit of quality assurance. Oh, God. When, okay. When he works and teaches by teaching what not to do. And he, okay. he 
kind of went back to sort of like the what he sees on TikTok and other psychics doing things on TV says like, you know, sometimes I want to call things out as bullshit, but I don't want to go after individuals and start a little flame war. Uh-huh. I want to comment on the process. Okay. And then, you know, my comments on the process will maybe then clearly apply to other psychics. Hmm. Okay. So he says teaching about his own process is more impactful than going after individuals. But clearly there are things he sees that he doesn't like in the psychic world. Okay. Not a satisfying answer. For sure. He he spun it into a positive for himself. But of course, mm-hmm. what else would he do at this event? Sure. Yeah. Well, and also his process is not meaningfully different from any of these other mediums. Mm-hmm. He just stands there and goes, I'm feeling an N, I'm feeling yeah. a T. I remember him earlier, like, he said something that I saw as sort of a shot across the bow of Teresa Caputo, where he said, you don't just go into a supermarket and accost ah, right. people with psychic readings. Sure. So, you know, I think there's little things he'll see other psychics do that he thinks maybe is rude in its implications yeah. or just not a proper peddling of the craft. Mm-hmm. And so he'll he'll have those little notes, essentially, little correctives. Uh, okay. This is starting to sound more like the Christians who are against proselytizing to people who don't want it. A sort of like, I don't like the tone of that. I don't like bombarding people. But if you happen to come to me for my service, mm-hmm. then... All bets are off. There's no more quality control to do here. Oh, sure. Because I've been doing this for so many years and, you know, I've already improved my own readings. And occasionally he'll point to something that he used to do mm-hmm. and own to, like, doing it better now. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, you know, there sure. there is some improvement, quote unquote, going on, at least in his own estimation. Uh, True of us all. So he mentioned also that an astrologer came to him a few years ago and said, you know, you're coming into your Dumbledore years, mm. which was a reference to Albus Dumbledore from the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is he the one who you can't say their name? No, that's Voldemort. He's the bad guy. <gasps> you said it! You tricked me. You can't you say tricked it! tricked me into saying it. You can't say it! <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, we're all going to die now. You said it. And by the way, we're mentioning Harry Potter. For some people, we should put out that uh, we are both very pro-trans. <laughs> Because we mentioned Harry Potter. Because we mentioned Harry Potter. Yeah, the woman who created Harry Potter I get, is kind of a transphobe. That's true. I get emails about it, so oh, let's wow. make it clear. Okay, we, okay. We do not share that opinion of J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Which, you know, just to say, it, it was a big letdown that she did that because the books really do yeah. feel like they are about accepting people who are not accepted. Yeah. So it felt like a, like a double betrayal there. So just want to say that. Moving on. So that insulted John at first being compared to Dumbledore because he's the old wizened, the headmaster. Yeah. And that's astrologer then sort of clarified it for him and he sort of owned it like, oh, yeah, I guess I am the elder citizen now. It is my time to be a teacher and improve things. So This guy's only like 55, right? Yeah, but he's been doing this so long. Yeah, that's so true. It's funny, though, like that was your sort of going in impression was like, I can't believe this guy's still at it. And so many of our listeners had the same impression. Like, but wow, I just, he's still out there. I didn't have that reaction. When you said you were going to go see John Edward, I was like, oh, cool. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I don't uh, I wonder why that is. Anyway, go on. So, yeah, there's no governing board. And he went off on this little aside thing, again, kind of self-congratulatory. But he said, when I was on TV, I was very difficult to work with. And yeah, I was like, okay, where's he going with this? And he says, because I would say that these are events and you're televising them 
but you can't produce them. So I don't know. It was some point that he was making about the nature of the event and you can't produce it because this is a natural thing. You're just capturing a live event. But I think about reports that I've heard about how heavily edited his shows are. Okay. Which I 100% believe after having seen this live event Uh that if you cut down his interactions with people and only keep the really good moments, Mm -hmm. looks great. Yeah. That's why the show's so effective. So maybe he didn't like that? Well, he wasn't even acknowledging the editing that goes into it. But I just thought it was rich when he said, like, you can't produce Mm. this event Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. the producers of the show. Right, right. Maybe that's why he doesn't have a show right now. I feel him, though. Anyways, that was his his answer to my question. And, yep, you were exactly right. Mine was all about (laughs) quality control. Now I'm remembering me making that prediction. I would totally ask the same question. I think that's why I predicted it. Um, Because it's kind of the only thing you can really get them to comment on without basically a Klieg light going on your face. And, like, who's this guy? Mm -hmm. It's just barely... Barely skims the surface of thinking skeptically about this. Yeah. And he didn't start reading me or seeing my dead relatives nearby. But it seemed like he was out of that mode now. We're just in VIP mode. We're answering questions. We're having a little conversation. No disco ball. No uns uns music. No hors d'oeuvres. Boy, this guy loves a QA and a though. Yeah, he really does. Yep. That's his deal. Ask me a question. Oh, he should start out by being like, I feel a Q. Who has a Q? Do you have a Q? (laughs) I have an A. Well, yeah. Where's There's an A coming in. Oh, God. I'd be proud of that. I would appreciate that. I was just going to (laughs) say, my head is off, sir. All right. So a question for was from a woman who asked about soul contracts. And if he encounters like people who don't hold up their end of the soul bargain... And Mm, exactly. Yeah, it felt like a little insider language. Like Mm -hmm. she was responding to something I hadn't heard that maybe he's talked about in his other media. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds linguistic. Apparently he felt similarly because he said, well, that one's hard to answer because it's so individual. But he seemed to understand the soul contract question enough to make an analogy to like us all being on this highway together Mm. and everyone has to get off the highway at some point and it's just like which exit you choose oh okay so So i've heard soul contract to mean basically that the people who you share your social life with are people who in past lives you've also shared your social life with Mm. and you're bound by this contract like ross and carrie are bound by a contract to know each other Mm. Probably in a friendship-like capacity for the, you know, the rest of time. Oh, yeah. We probably knew each other in a past life. Oh, absolutely. Weren't we in battle together or something? Yeah, I think so. According to the lady who said you were Cleopatra or one of her assistants. One of her assistants sold into sex slavery. And then we noticed later that there was a big mural of Cleopatra Cleopatra right outside the window. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Next question was, how do you decompress? John Edward decompresses with food. Oh, interesting answer. Okay. Yeah, he says he doesn't eat a lot when he does this, meaning his readings. readings, And then later on, he can be like, it's my time to eat. Okay. All right. And then they also ask, how do you block out energies? And he says, I'm a master of blocking out energies. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And he took this more in like the physical realm because he said if he hears negative voices, say on his Twitter feed or his TikTok or whatever, he'll block them. 
Oh, uh huh. If there's an option to block them or mute them, he said he was debating with some other astrologer. He said, no, don't mute them and like try to preserve their voice or something. Just get rid of them, block them. Mm, so, okay, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's where one he, way to handle that. Yeah. That's the energies he was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he didn't extend that to like spiritual no. energy. No. <laughs> so someone's like, how do you block energies? He's like, there's a button for it. <laughs> it's right there on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I think he's carved out this perfect little space for himself where he can have interactions and choose to only interact with people who are into his thing mm -hmm. and support his thing. Mm -hmm. And he's made it very awkward for anyone to kind of call him out on it. Yeah. Because he can just choose not to engage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good to be the king. All right. So the next person asks, if there are multiple marriages, what happens in the afterlife? And I love that question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus answered this. Because that's always awkward for especially Mormon families mm -hmm. like if you remarry yeah yeah what happens in the afterlife because you're you know soul bound to these yeah people. so that got a good laugh from the audience and uh, the person continued like does everybody hang out are they all together like <laughs> is this a polycule yeah, tell us fa families get pretty complicated yeah. so he enjoyed the question he told a little anecdote about like a wife who said that she knew exactly when she was going to pass mm. and he's like oh well when and she said, on his birthday, like pointing to her mm. husband, so he'll never have another happy birthday. Wow. Yeah, right? Um, aggressive. Wow. And apparently she did. Again, this is like one of those pastor stories where you're like, did this really happen? Right, right. Did that actually follow through the way? You know, like, did he check in on them regularly to make sure she died the day she said she would? Anyways. Was this a suicide? Yeah. So that was just his little way of saying that interpersonal hijinks continue into the afterlife. And yeah. the conclusion was something along the lines of, you know, there's no end to the surprises that we can find in the afterlife relationships. Feels like you totally dodged that question. Yeah, interesting. I also then I'm wondering, it seems to me like he believes in reincarnation. So how long yeah. are we in this afterlife? What's the system there? Yeah, I would love to see him kind of forced to give some real yes or no answers on some yeah. of these parameters of the afterlife uh -huh. interactions. Because like, I think earlier, even in this session, or maybe I heard it in a different Q&A he did, but he was saying something along the lines of you can even kind of coexist in the spirit realm and reincarnate. What? We're like, yeah, it's, it almost sounds like your soul's kind of split, but you're inhabiting a body, but you're still kind of like within the timeline of the spirit realm. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's huh. just a tool for him to have more accurate readings. Yeah. I mean, and then it's like, well, then why aren't people getting messages from themselves? <laughs> Right. Like, you should be like, Carrie, you have a message from you. Yeah. You yeah. know, stop trying to play the banjo. You're not good at it. You know, like so, something yeah. that my older self knows about. It all feels so hazy and ill-defined. Yeah, definitely. And we were talking in the last episode about how he says everybody who dies is fine. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. texting this to you afterward. This presents a problem for his Christian fans. Yeah. Because... Christians, especially American Christians, mm. believe in hell. Yeah. Hello. How are you? Fine. If you are in hell, how does this work? So my thought on this is that- they don't talk to him. What's that? Maybe the people in hell don't talk to him. Oh, sampling bias. He there just, we go. He doesn't know because he doesn't get to talk to the people from hell. That's it. We that's saved him. That's a good him. point. <laughs> Jesus saved, so do we. That's it. All right. My thought was, and that's, that's valid, but my thought was that <laughs> he- knows that the people who would be really doctrinaire about the existence of hell would also remember the part of scripture that says 
you should not suffer a witch to live and you shall not consult with mediums. <laughs> like we just won't be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think there's I think that's exactly his thinking. So like for people like my sister for whom the existence of hell is very important, very established, she would never be caught with John Edward in a room if she could help it. Totally. So yeah, I think like Teresa Caputo does a very similar thing where, oh, it's only positive. And there's a lot of Americans who would even identify as Christians who I think feel that way as well. There's no hell. So that's what my mom taught me growing up was she told me about Jesus. She told mm -hmm. me about heaven and she's like, there isn't a hell though, by the way. We're gonna be talking to someone on the podcast soon. Mm-hmm. We've got a really interesting interview coming up and we should bring that up as well because okay. that's an interesting part of their story. Okay. I, I feel like whenever he makes one of these statements about the afterlife, I immediately feel like, oh, this is adding to a theological thesis. Yes. Because it has to be compatible with how we feel the universe operates yes. and how the spirit world operates and how God operates. You're already engaging with this at a deeper level than he probably ever has, <laughs> but I agree. Right, right. And like Sylvia Brown, the psychic, she formed her own little religion kind of toward the end of her life. And I feel like Mm -hmm. he could, but he's just not interested in that. Mm -hmm. So he just says enough pleasant sounding things in hopes that nobody compares those notes and tries to hold his feet to the fire. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just a little too nice to become cult leaders. Mm -hmm. And he sees that line in the sand and he says, no, thank you. Yeah, he's like, I got my thing. It's working for me. Yeah. I don't need to go there. Yeah. And if you try to push me there, I'll just push back and say, meh. Yeah, no thanks. It's not my deal. I don't do that. That's not, of course, like to let him off the hook. Like he is not developing an internal logic to his Mm -hmm. reality. And people might take his beliefs that he's asserting as fact and run with them. And that could change their lives in ways he doesn't anticipate at all. Yeah. So even though I think he sees that line in the sand, I don't think he even realizes how close he Mm. is to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think... You and I would point that out as being a potential danger of this approach. And what he does is that, like you say, people are going to take this really seriously and those beliefs have consequences. Yeah. It affects how they interact with other people and decisions they make in their lives. He's leaving too much up to tone. Like, well, if I just present this as sort of like not a big deal, don't think about it too much, people Mm -hmm. won't. And it's like, no, that's not how anything works. Yeah. Yeah, If you tell us facts, we run with them and we learn new things about those facts and we add things to them and... Yeah. So the facts better be true. Yeah. We talk often on those podcasts about consistency seeking behavior. Yeah. You know, we're big yeah. consistency seekers. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you said this thing, but you also said this thing. How do we fit those together? And we also know this other thing from science. Yeah. And I feel like he's a little allergic to that. Like, ah, mm-hmm. don't, don't try to bring everything together all in one place and make all the pieces fit, you know? Because they won't. Like you said, the, <laughs> here's the tone, you know, and the make yeah. of it what you will. Yeah. But. The next person who asked a question was kind of in the same vein as we are and wanted to clarify with him about reincarnation. So you're saying that happens. Yeah. And he pointed back to, I guess he had mentioned this earlier, that he himself wondered when his mom died, or still wonders, will she still be there when he dies? Like, will he miss her if he waits too long to die and his mom won't be there anymore because she has now oh, moved into a new reincarnated. body. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he kind of breaks it down for us. Well, reincarnation, the carne part is your carne flesh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Related. That is flesh as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So reincarnation is to go back into the flesh again. True. And he says that, you know, when we're here, we learn, we evolve, and then we come back to this lifetime later to learn and evolve some more. Mm. He said, yep, I know that reincarnation is real. He doesn't want to get to the great beyond and have someone say, oh, you just missed your mom. 
mean, she's back in some new body. Oh, yeah, that would suck so bad. And so he went to a top researcher. Oh, I would love to know who this <gasps> oh. top researcher If he'd asked, answered my raised hand again, I would be like, oh, who's yeah. this top researcher yeah. on the afterlife? But this researcher said to John Edward that the soul can exist in two different places. Oh, good. The woman who'd asked the question said, okay, so part of me could already be with my friend who passed? Mm -hmm. And John Edward said yes to that. And when we're sleeping, we can connect on the astral level. So that's part of it, too. Ah, dreams. So there you go. Like, all of this has really strong implications, like we're saying, to a theological system. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder what John Edward would do, like, if he'd read autobiography of a yogi would he agree to all of that and be like yeah that's true with all the levels and the layers and yeah that's just a layer of specificity on top of what i'm saying right would he agree with the bible you know like feel like he would just be so resistant to getting pinned down on this yeah i don't think he'd answer any of those questions so then the woman to my left i think i've been calling her chrissy she raised her hand and got called on okay oh the woman right next to you yeah right next to me one of my new friends So she said, well, I have a question about your perspective on the times we're in. Okay. The consciousness of the planet. Okay. I noticed that there's a lot of women here. True. Because she and I had been talking about that. We'd been evaluating the audience. Mm -hmm. She didn't really finish that thought. But she said, and I'd like to get your thoughts on the world we're in and the consciousness. Mm. (laughs) So I think she had some bigger thought in her mind and it just didn't come out too specifically and she never paid off the woman observation yeah okay the vibe there feels like we are uh evolving there's like a certain segment of society that's a little more spiritually aware of course it's more female yeah maybe and i also felt like there was a tinge of the world's not in a great place right now right can you talk about that Mm -hmm. anyway so you know he ran with it he was fine with that question he said well, we're living in a high vibrational. Yes, vibrations. Yeah, here it is, five D. He doesn't go here all the time, but he's happy to. It's a raw, nerve-exposed energy. Oh, okay. And people are highly sensitive. So I think along okay. the lines of what you were saying, he was answering like, "Yeah, we're all very spiritually on edge here. There's energy being boiled, and the frequency is doing this." And he makes all these like erratic motions, mm. and he says, "As long as you're coming from a place of community." and not finances, that's where we're going to improve the planet. Oh, okay. So we need to focus on community rather than making money. Okay, can cool. Ca- yeah, we could sign off on that. Okay. Did she seem satisfied with that as an answer? Yeah, and afterwards she asked me, like, what do you think of my questions? Oh. Very good. <laughs> Ross is giving a thumbs up. <laughs> he went into one of his other stories of an interaction with a different psychic who, like, I think it was like that first psychic or one of the early psychics who wouldn't give him answers on like how to do things and just said, you're going to find your own way. Mm. And he felt like that was really frustrating because he felt like the psychic was a vampire who had bitten him on the neck and then just sort of left him alone. Damn. Yeah. Meaning like I've inducted you now as a psychic, but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. Interesting for someone who gives such vague answers himself, but okay. And feels like an elder statesman for others giving them advice. Yeah. But he said, actually, I'm really now thankful for that because she was right. You know, Oh, I wonder if it was Sylvia Brown. (laughs) That would be amazing. I think he might have mentioned that if that were the case. But he said, like, as a society, similarly, we need to get ourselves to a healthy place. And then Mm. I feel like he kept sort of restating Mm. this in many other ways. So that was the basic message, though. We have to get ourselves to a healthier place. I'm trying to connect that mentally to the woman's advice to him. What's the connection there? There's no set advice on how to do it, but we need to find our way. 
okay. together. Oh, wow. Very yeah. Vague. Yeah, that is frustrating, John Edward. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're a vampire who just bit me on the neck. Yeah, kind of. Left me on my own. Yeah, it's kind of like, to put it even in terms of something I care about. Okay. When someone's just like, climate change is a disaster. And then that's the whole message. Mm-hmm. And it just amps up my anxiety. Okay. But I have nothing to do with the anxiety. Oh, yeah. Or a way to act on the anxiety. Even though I agree, mm-hmm. disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're going to make me this, I don't know, amped up about yeah. seeking the solution, please yeah. at least have a suggestion. Even if it's just like, that's why we got to use paper straws, like something. Sure. That's funny. You say that and I immediately think of a couple friends that will message me anytime they see like some really negative news mm-hmm. related to any of the spheres that we share mm-hmm. and just kind of like, well, this happened and so and so is upset about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want me to do or say? Yeah. I don't that's know. Rough. I don't know what the proper response here is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying there's no place at all for just like someone's freaking out, especially if you've got like a big platform like that. Like, I don't know. Think about it for five minutes, John Edward, and come back to me with yeah, something. He went off on this for a while, and I felt like he was just kind of saying a lot of platitudes. One thing he did say that might add a little more specificity is that we need to raise the level of information. So there's a lot okay. of uninformed people okay. out there. So there you go. Get the word out. Okay. Get more information yeah. out is the implication. Raise that awareness. Just keep raising it. Just keep raising it. Oh, here's a fun little aside from John Edward. He said, another word being thrown around is woke. And <laughs> the people who think they're woke are sleeping. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I know exactly who this guy is now. Okay. So, so anyone, cool, who, cool, 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 cool. anyone who thinks they have the information doesn't know that they haven't done the work. Which is weird because he's also telling us to raise the level of information. But I guess if we think we have the information, we're wrong. Maybe he's talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect. (laughs) Where if you you know a little bit, you feel like you know a lot. Yeah, actually, that kind of ties in with a little story then he tells as an anecdote. He says that he met his wife in a dance class and he very quickly learned how much he didn't know about dancing. So there we go, a little bit of Dunning-Kruger tie in there. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, because he thought that he knew more walking into the class. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, Chrissy next to me then said, well, is it going to keep quickening this whole acceleration of... Ooh, I love the word quickening. Yeah. Okay. The universe in our milieu. Mm -hmm. So here's where he went a little more, okay, let's go spiritual with this. And he said, well, it's all in Pisces right now. And then it's going to be Mercury in retrograde. Mm -hmm. This doesn't need explaining. (laughs) I get you. So we Just kidding. What? We need to be open to what we don't know. Yeah, I had no idea what? what any of that meant. What? Everything's I, in Pisces? <laughs> what does that even mean? I need to be open to the fact that I have no idea what he was just saying. <laughs> to, uh, what? Is he saying that's the constellation we're under right now? And if so, does he mean For how California? Long? What does he mean? I, uh, it mean I don't anything. know what the time scale of that was. Yeah, that felt like a whole lot of nothing to me. Yeah. When was this event? This was on April 27th. Oh, wow. This is right after my wedding. Yeah. Um, that's why you oh, weren't that's there. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I wonder if we could look up the stars from that night over we, Los Angeles and see could. if Pisces was even anywhere near us. I have just the app for it. Here we go. Ross has an app for that. It's called Stellarium. It's awesome. It's worth the one-time cost. I'm glad you have a solution because I 
I could sense there was one, but I had no idea where to begin. Okay, let's take this out of night mode because it's not night. Okay, so we can choose a specific time and look at the night sky. So let's go back. Okay, we're going to go to April 27th at, let's see, what time would this have been? It all started at, all right, so this was uh, maybe around 9.30 p.m. Okay, in beautiful Burbank. Because we were about 15 minutes into the Q&A. Okay. Let's see. Okay, there we go. So now, there you go, Carrie. Uh, look freely about the oh, night shit. sky. Oh, I have to know what Pisces looks like? It'll it'll label it oh, when well, you get anywhere oh, near oh it. Oh, my God. This is cool. Isn't it a great app? Yeah. Whoa. I'm turning away from the microphone. Sorry. It shows you real placement of all the stars and labels Whoa. them. If you click on one, it'll give you more detail and oh. its magnitude. And, oh, that's really neat. Uh, okay. It's distance and light years. Pisces at all. It has to be somewhere, right? Oh, okay. You know what? Uh, Bonus feature. Here, I'll show you. Okay. So you can actually bring up a little search window and say, I want to see Pisces, and it will will point you where you need to go. Okay. And you can look through the earth if you need. It's so cool. I love this app. I've got a few different star apps, but this is my favorite. Okay. So search, and then I say P I S C E S. Okay. Pisces. Okay, so as we were having this, oh, it was down through the earth. Okay. okay here, follow, follow the arrow. It'll, okay. it'll show you where Pisces is. I'm going to, okay. You see, Wait, the Pisces. arrow's kind of showing you where to oh, angle I the see, camera I see. Okay. until you hit it. Carrie's looking down through the earth. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's like through Australia. Yeah, what does it mean that we're in Pisces right yeah, now? I don't know. This is, okay, I expected to be like, okay, fine. It was sort of overhead. Nope. Not even that. <laughs> no. It's not even in our hemisphere. What do you mean we're in Pisces? <laughs> Good question. Okay. So then the next person who was called on to ask a question started to comment on an earlier reference he'd made to a murder. And like, I think that was for me. Oh. From the main performance. Yeah, okay. And he immediately said, like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to have you save that. <laughs> this poor person. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know what, maybe we'll interact again. There might be a future reading. I don't want to taint that at all. So just hold on to that. He just doesn't want this to devolve into that, but. Of course, he's learned what he can and can't do reliably and make part of his show that yeah. he wants to be part of his show. So he's going to put a stop to that. And he loves a Q&A. Yep. So he's done uh, with reading. But sort of the explanation was, well, I won't be able to connect as well next time. So save that. Mm, <laughs> that interesting. Okay. That's so frustrating for someone who has a murder in their family or social sphere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he had more of those kind of managing expectations, reminders about, well, but you should have learned other things from other people's stories. And, you know, you'll see small things in your life. Those will also be additional signs unto you. Mm. Uh, Anyway, so he moved on. (laughs) Who has a different question? frustrating. Meanwhile, someone else gets a reading that's like, Janine wants you to find the watch that's in the closet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the next question was one I liked. And it was just, what exactly is it that you see? Great. Love it. Excellent question. Love it. And he said, okay, well, when I'm talking to someone, preferably I'll look at like a surface that's blank, like a wall behind them. Mm. And then the imagery is superimposed on top of it. Mm. 
and it's in my mind's eye. So it's not like a floating hologram or anything like overlaid on top of the real world. Right. And so he'll often talk about symbolism, especially when he gets something wrong. Then he'll tell us, because I'm seeing a blue rose and that means this right. to me. Or, right, right. I, I'm seeing the interlocked rings and usually that means a second marriage, but it could also mean this other thing. Let's try that. Oh, that works good. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. He gets like these little pictures. This matches what he was saying earlier i kind of buy this much Mm. that maybe this was the kernel of truth where this all began is that he's like a little synesthetic or something and he just kind of sees in shapes yeah 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 so my mind was still kind of hovering where we were earlier about i want consistency with how you see the whole spirit realm and i thought i'd found a good question to sort of resolve that a bit that i thought might get an interesting answer out of him. So I was eagerly raising my hand again, hoping I'd get called on a second time. (laughs) If he had called on me, my question would have been, how far back in Earth's history would we have to go to encounter the first human souls? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want like a year, buddy. 6,000? How many generations, Edward? How many? I was thinking that just when you said that his site was called Evolve. I thought, okay, so, you know, is he taking his stance for evolution by natural selection? And (laughs) if so, like, then can I get messages from astrolopithecus you know what how does this work when did humans get ensouled with a soul and then also why even say who has a t it might be someone i've never heard of it might be an ancestor from three generations back whose name i don't know right yeah yeah and it's funny even into our modern era still most of us know our parents very well our Mm -hmm. grandparents a little bit almost Mm -hmm. next to nothing about our great grandparents and everything beyond is like a question mark unless there was someone famous or something exactly which is wild because now there's just so much information available and that in our own families we don't even go back that far in Mm -hmm. our knowledge or information sharing yeah that's so true anyway so i thought that question might put him in a little bit of a sticky wicket and get him to answer something and you make a good point with the evolve thing i remember thinking that with the international academy of consciousness because they talked about evolution and Mm. it was the light of improvement Proving your spirit with each iteration, right. which is what he's mentioning too. But it also might be a little, I don't know, what's the opposite of a dog whistle? Like a, a little bit of a repellent to keep away people who don't like the word evolution. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little maybe. weeding technique. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe. And I would have loved to have added the ancillary question of what is the most distantly departed spirit that you've connected with? Mm. I would love to know, has he talked to someone from 150 years ago? Mm. 300 years ago like is there sort of a how uh, historical do we get here yeah is there a fall off to your range of sensitivity anyways i didn't get to answer that and yeah are there people who just stop being reincarnated you know are there people up there who are from the 1500s are they all recycled now yeah is there like a set timer after you die like okay reincarnating in 28 minutes and 32 seconds right or is it the system where you have to be enlightened enough and then you break the cycle of reincarnation i want a mental picture john and i want you to clarify Mm -hmm. it for me so I didn't, oh, you won't? Too bad. We'll keep talking about it. I didn't get to ask that question. And he was ready to wrap up now and do an exercise. And if you haven't already picked your number, you who is listening, pick a number. And so he asked the audience, who picked the number one? Nobody raised their hands. Oh, wow. Nobody picked the number one. So maybe he said, you know, pick a number between one and nine. And he forgot to say inclusive inclusive uh-huh. <laughs> i don't think that would have meant anything to this crowd <laughs> i thought it immediately when you said between i was like well yeah <laughs> but i decided not to stop you okay all right who picked the number two that actually got some people and so okay he said all of you should be looking for communication and mediation 
All right. Oh my God, I want to know what the message was for one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that would have been another question I would have uh, asked. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't know what the... Yeah, I'm very sorry for all the ones out there who yeah. are just feeling crestfallen now because you have no guidance in your okay, life. Okay, I'll give a reading to the ones. Please do. Ones. You gotta call your mom. Yeah, call You her. gotta call your mom. Unless she's passed. It knows still. Okay. Because in this system, that's fine. Call your mom. All right. And tell her... That you want $20 to go to the movie theater, Mm. and if she doesn't do it, she doesn't love you anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, number threes, this is about expansion and taking on more responsibility. Look for creative and different ways to approach this. Okay. All right. right. Number four is foundational. It's going to involve hard work. The only way to navigate what you're looking for is hard work. What you're looking for. I picked four. Hey, okay. So Hard work, Carrie. Oh my God, no problem. Oh no, the this only way out is through. This is not an issue. <laughs> yeah. This is currently something I'm following through on. See, that okay. resonated with you. Good reading there, John. Interesting. Uh, I was thinking like, this is advice I do not need. Oh, because you're already doing it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So he should have told you to, I don't know, relax. Yeah, take it easy. I don't know. That's always annoying when you're like, oh, I just have to get this stuff done. Don't tell me to relax. Right, sure. Number fives, transformation. Look at whatever issues you're facing as an adventure. Hmm. Like okay. it. I like that one. And, and all of these are getting, you know, smattering of people, but I'm waiting for seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number six is, <laughs> okay, your message is balance. Wherever chaos is, look for balance. Okay. Six was the one I almost switched to. Oh, didn't. okay. Okay. And would that have helped you better to be told? Yes. Okay. Actually, that is a better, better hit. <sighs> Sorry, I should have let you switch. <laughs> All right, and sure now enough, I just have to work harder. Sure I'm enough, fucked. number seven immediately, like everybody, seventy percent of the oh, hands in the whoa. room went. Yeah, it was like not even half. It was crazy preponderance of people. Oh wow, seven. okay. So then I felt very clever. Yeah, sure. Sitting next to Chrissy, so he said, "For all of you, this message is about philosophy." The spiritual questions, whatever your circumstances, <laughs> you need to you need to pray. You need to use philosophy to find the path. Oh, man, this is so clever because he knows that the people in this room mm. will love that message. Sure, yeah. And so you pick the biggest number, the one that's going to get the biggest swath of people. Yep. And and also told them to consult astrological charts. So he's very pro-astrology, clearly. Got it. Peppers his, uh, his readings and his comments. I chose eight because, okay. I don't know, Good that's one. what I chose. And he said, okay, For the eights out there, you should be looking for the value. The lens that you're looking at your issues through is value, spiritual, physical value. Why would you invest? Be asking yourself that. Hmm. That's heady. Okay. Does that mean something to you, eight? Yeah. You know, that's good advice. (laughs) Like to ask yourself, why am I invested in this? Is this going to pay off? Yeah. That's a good calculation to make. And for the number nines, and there were some number nines. Whatever you're working through, you need to release something related to it. You need to release something. Mm, constipation. Uh, and that was it. He said, all right, well, thank you so much. And we all clapped for him. Nice little interactive element at the end there. And uh, that was where Chrissy to my left asked me if I liked her question. I said, yeah. Aw. Very good. And <laughs> then I think I'm calling her Denise to my right. She was expressing that she was a little bummed that we didn't get to interact more with John Edwards. Sure. Like, 
felt like, oh, this. I'm a VIP. Yeah, I could tell, like, yeah, she didn't feel like she'd maybe gotten her money's worth out of this. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I didn't say this to her, but, you know, I didn't get my disco ball. I didn't get my (laughs) photo, my hangout. I didn't get to, like, post on Facebook, like, here's me and my buddy John. Yeah, yeah. It would have been great. Yeah, I wonder if that whole number thing was so he could say, well, everyone got a reading. You Mm. got a reading. Mm -hmm. I Um, didn't do that for the whole audience, which I easily could have done. Yeah. No, right. Interesting. Yeah, and he did those little exercises with us, like imagining the ball of energy and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and warned us many, many times, you know, even if you don't specifically get a reading, there's messages in these other readings for you, which in yeah. my mind is just a nod to the fact that these are generic statements totally. that are being thrown out. We can all relate to some of them. Oh, yeah. He's telling me to do his work for him. So we got out at a little before 10 p.m. And I'd been there since 5.30. So this was oh wow, yeah, a long event. A lot of it was waiting for it to get started. But yeah, it, you know. Yeah, four and a half hours. That's long. Long time there. And I uh, felt like I'd gotten a good lesson in cold reading. What works, what doesn't. Things I can add to my own repertoire. But I think that brings up the analysis. Let's look at the analysis. How did he do numbers wise? Well, one moment, Ross. Yes. Speaking of analysis, how did he do, you ask? Probably not as well as Honey do. You know what I mean? I do. Well, funny that you mention Honey mm-hmm. because today's episode is sponsored in part by PayPal Honey. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Yeah. And as a number eight, I need to be asking myself, where do I invest my time, uh-huh. my resources. And thankfully, I have a browser plugin also available on the iPhone that can give me insight on where to invest and save a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if one of the things you spend time on is searching for discount codes when you don't have one. Mm-hmm. If you already have one, go ahead and use it. But let's say you don't. Right. And you're just going around the internet trying to find like, how do I get $3 off this pizza? You're free roaming the internet, right. And you're, you're not even thinking about discounts. But then that little discount code box shows up mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to buy this pizza. I want to buy the Scientology clear bracelet. Right. Very similar things. Mm-hmm. What do I put in there? I don't have a discount code. Well, Honey will let you know if it has heard of one. Yes. So it is a browser plugin. It is also an application? Yeah, well, you can get it on your iPhone and then it will do kind of the same thing where it sits there and uh, it's at the beck and call to find you discounts. You can tell by the way my voice went up that I use it as a browser extension. Mm -hmm. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. You could talk to that thing Mm -hmm. through John Edward. That's how dead that is. And it might reincarnate, but it'll reincarnate better as Honey. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. I'm okay. I'm Scientologyclearbracelets.com. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, I wish I weren't paying any money for this. How can I at least pay less money? Well, when you're checking out, that Honey button just drops down and you just click apply coupons and then Honey finds a working coupon and the prices go down. Yeah. Ta-da. And uh, it's just now background part of my life i'm shopping online not even thinking about it and all of a sudden honey's like hey want me to try these discount codes yeah give it a go and then it'll let me know like i just saved you two bucks it's great it's like a good friend so if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out it's literally free and it installs in a few seconds yeah come on yeah it's free you don't pay anything for it and uh, i always mention pizza because it very reliably saves me money on pizza and 
Clear hey, bracelet. I got to say, I like pizza. It didn't save me money on a clear bracelet, but I mean, what does? You mentioning that made me check. There is unfortunately no Scientology clear bracelets dot com but now you know it's available if you want to go if i know our listeners there's about to be a scientology (laughs) clearbracelets.com and listen by getting honey you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no that's joinhoney.com slash oh no do you like food I'm a big fan of food, and not just pizza. I eat other things. Really? Yeah. You know who loves food? John Edward. That's how he self-soothes. Yeah, that's how he decompresses. Absolutely. As he should. Well, John Edward, if you're listening, you might want to consider HelloFresh. Yeah. John Edward, are you going to the grocery store a lot? Because you don't need to. You can skip those trips by getting HelloFresh and making home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And we get it. You've got a $5.5 million home in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> oh my but God, you prob- is that right? Yeah. Wow. But you probably also still have a home like in the New York area. <laughs> Where- wherever you are, HelloFresh <laughs> will send the ingredients and the instructions directly to your door. Yeah. And you can make a delicious meal. Now, John Edward, I know what you're thinking. I'm incredibly <laughs> rich. I probably just pay someone to cook for me. Well... Maybe there is one additional person listening to this episode, in addition to John Edward, who's not in that position. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And affordability matters to them, and convenience matters to them. Well, they and John Edward can savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh. It's so fun, and it's affordable. That might be why it's America's number one meal kit. It might be. It might be. They deliver fresh, quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, And that allows you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. I've been enjoying making meals recently. I sent you a picture of this amazing combination of, it was like mac and cheese, but on top of it was a layer of like nachos. Yeah, it was like nacho mac and cheese. That looked crazy. It it was Was good? Crazy good. Okay, okay. Oh, I was so into that. Yeah, and it gives me an excuse to cook because otherwise I won't. Unless yeah. someone gives me the exact instructions. Like I was just telling you, I was asking Cara how to make a Keurig <laughs> cup of coffee. Yeah, that's... Um, and she's like, it couldn't be easier. Really Let me explain question. it to you. I said, no, 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 I want to see you do it first. This is me. <laughs> so HelloFresh makes it easy enough that even Ross can follow along and make good food. It's so funny because that's not who you are in like any other realm of your life okay. besides cooking. Yeah. You know, you're a very like, let me figure this out. But- you, you are 100% correct <laughs> yeah, about funny. that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but for the person who's like Ross and you just don't have time to figure out how to be a good cook. That's not your thing. You have other things to focus on. I, I want to do it right. And I realize my incompetence. Yeah. At some point, if I keep doing this, I'm going to get more competent in the kitchen. I feel like it's slowly happening. But yeah, the food's always good, even if it takes me too long. So yeah, it takes around 20 minutes for the average person to make a meal, but they also have low prep and low cleanup options Mm -hmm. if this is like particularly an issue for you. So you can make this even faster, but still be getting like a healthy homemade meal instead of, you know, going out for And it's so flexible. It's like they've been doing this with gazoodles of people Mm -hmm. and they know how to let you Put it on pause if you don't want it that week. That's easy to do. You want to change up your meals and choose some different options. There's that's easy to dozens do. Dozens of additional options. Yeah, it's all it's all very easy. It's streamlined. Yeah, make it what you need it to be. Exactly. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Ono16 and use code Ono16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Ono16 
and then use code ONO16. That's a lot of numbers. All right. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Carrie. You're welcome, Ross. And now, Ross, is it? I'm Ross. Now let us evaluate John Edwards' mm. reading technique. Yeah, okay. And so this, I felt, was like a really tall order. I was taking copious notes yeah. on what he said and people's reactions as much as possible. I missed some of those. So what I did was I just started spreadsheet. I made it I made a spreadsheet. Yeah, spreadsheet. And and this Woo. spreadsheet evolved okay. as I worked on it. Good callback. Because it's so squishy like how to evaluate these yes. statements. Yeah. And so I kept adding new categories and rephrasing them and mm-hmm. so what I would do was I would take every statement of his that was Either a declarative statement or a question or just something that was like a piece of information was somewhere encoded in there. Okay. True or false or relevant to the reading. And if he stopped long enough that like someone hadn't responded and that was a piece of data that like they hadn't said anything. Mm, Yeah. And and then he clarified it. I treated that as a new statement. Oh, good for you. Like it. Yeah. I felt like that was at least a way to kind of break up what he was doing, which was – saddling multiple pieces of information together. Because that's exactly the kind of thing your brain glosses over. Right, right. You're not, Ross won't gloss. Ross (laughs) won't gloss. Yeah, put it on a sign, chanted at your local politician. (laughs) (laughs) What is this Ross won't gloss movement? So then I kept like changing the names of the categories because like at first I would say yes or no, but then sometimes a no was actually the correct response. So, okay, so here's my columns. I've got confirm, wrong so either the person said that that is correct or mm-hmm. no not actually no or there was no response that was another option another column was can't be evaluated so sometimes mm-hmm. he would say something like she's with you like oh sure all right well we can't evaluate that yeah you know she says hi yeah you know there's a contemporary to her that's a male that's you know you <laughs> You <laughs> can't really evaluate that. <laughs> Probably true. I, I also flagged things. This person knew one male. I also flagged things that were just openly questions. Like he asked them for information. Mm, yeah. So that would be things like, is your grandma on your mother's side passed? Mm. Or are you a twin? Like, mm-hmm. okay, you ask them for information. You're going to do something with it once you get that. Yeah. But I thought that was worth flagging. Uh, are you a twin would be interesting to me if he got a yes. It's uncommon enough that I'd be like, that's fun. Ah, you're anticipating one of my later columns, so I'll shoot forward to that one. Is it true for many people like the person Ah, he's talking with? Yep. So that was a subjective measure Mm -hmm. on my part. So for the twin question, I did not check that because, yeah, that's not true for a lot of people that they have twins. Totally. Um, But it was true for things like, are you going out for something competitive? Or what's happening in Pennsylvania? You know, like, (laughs) sure, like most people can find some connection to Pennsylvania. At this point, they couldn't. But was dad a drinker? Like most Mm. people can make that true. I would say yes. Oh, right. Because, yeah, I hear that and think a drinker to excess, but doesn't necessarily mean Doesn't have to. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, he enjoyed a little bit of wine every now and then. Yeah, well, he's telling me about, you know. He loves red wine. So another category I had was easy if yes or no. Like, if they said yes, there's a good pathway out of that. If the answer is no, there's an easy pathway out of that. So I just kind of flagged those. Yes, one of those double-handed questions. Mm -hmm. Mom Mm -hmm. wasn't a nurse, was she? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I think, like, the purest statement of it where you say, like, it wasn't blah, 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 was Was it? it? 
Yeah, because then when you say it was, it's like amazing. Ah, he knew. But then if it wasn't, well, he just said it wasn't. So. Yeah. A yes is Why did you bring stronger. that up? I, no, it wasn't. A yes is stronger in that formulation. Yeah. If you say, mom wasn't a nurse, was she? And I say yes. That's a really strong hit. But if I say no, it's an excusable hit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to flag whenever there was like a robust exit path that yeah, was not exactly. the expected answer. Exactly. Falsifiability. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. falsifiability in those questions. I also made a note anytime that... The statement that he made, such as when he said, tell me if breast or lung cancer comes in, when it doesn't resonate with that person and it forces a shift to some other person in the audience, Mm. I noted that as well. Great. And then I had a column for every time he said something, it was just kind of intended as a joke or laugh line. Mm. I thought that that was an interesting thing to track, as well as a sentimental pull, like Mm. saying something like, he's telling me he's hanging out in a pub on the other side. Okay. Or. Yeah, I forgot about that one. The two babies know each other. The one that you oh, lost right. and the one on the way. Right. God. Yeah. So these aren't discrete categories because that would get the flag of can't be evaluated. Mm. We don't know if those children know each other or not. He just told us that. Yeah. Which I think is also an important point because typically I would say most of the information psychics are giving you are just things that you already knew and just you're amazed that they knew it. Mm-hmm. But they're they're usually mm-hmm. not giving you new information. They're right. telling you something that you already know. To uh, prove that they have this ability. And then I had a column for just notes to like kind of clarify why I thought that was a good hit or what the answer was if it was something interesting. So Wow, how many columns we got here? 12, we, 13? We got B through K for the evaluations and then L for notes. So 11 columns. Okay. Those are the metrics that I used. And I went through and just evaluated the first 75 things that he said that I had that really stuck out as like, this is a statement. And here's where I have some understanding of the reaction to it. Okay. So here's how the numbers go. And I guess, you know, I'll give it in percentages, even though we're working from 75, I'm extrapolating upwards. So this is really interesting. I swear I did not try to make this happen or match, but for both confirmed statements and statements that were wrong like Mm -hmm. no actually that's not true in my case both of those got 26 marks in the column so Hmm. 35 percent were confirmed and 35 percent were disconfirmed i'm surprised that the confirmed was that high oh really okay yeah yeah Uh, that's just how it worked for the ones that i evaluated and then uh, on, on the ones that were confirmed, were many of them? Some of them were weak. Okay. Like really obvious. Like um, I'm thinking of your column that says, well, yes, would this be likely for that person? Oh, yeah. Well, then that, that would come in later as well. So that okay. would, if you wanted to like kind of compare across these, you could say, okay, that was confirmed, but that's true for most people. So that right. would reduce the uh, impact of that. So yeah, I'm not separating that out at all okay. here in that number. So you got like 35% of each, so roughly a third. Uh, mm-hmm. confirmed is confirmed and then i would say 17 percent like they didn't get a response and that probably prompted him to talk more until yeah. he got something and then another 18 percent couldn't be evaluated it was just something that was neither here nor there wasn't really verifiable information okay so that's kind of the i would say the broadest breakdown mm-hmm. of sort of how his readings are composed a third correct a third incorrect and then that remaining third sort of broken between just no response we need another prompt to get one 
or it's just like information that can't be evaluated as yes or no. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So really only a third that we should even consider being impressed by. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, even then you've gone way down from 100%. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then, yeah, within that category, there are some that also are marked as yeah that's well that's true for a lot of people so right so so that column the true for many people i marked 53 percent okay 40 out of the 75 um i would be curious to see if more of the right ones were in that category yeah but even so if we just assume it's still consistent across we're now talking about a sixth and this is, you so know, fairly true and compelling, fairly subjective. I sure. will freely admit if I went and reevaluated all those, I might give a slightly different rating. Yeah. If you caught me at a different moment, I was trying to be on the generous side and I, and I rephrased it. True for many people like the questioner, because right. I think it also depended on who he was reading. You right. know, they, like suddenly he's talking about the carceral state, but he's talking to a young Hispanic man. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. Um, so someone unevenly affected by the carceral state. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I yeah. usually try to err on the side of being generous to whoever I'm evaluating. Uh, sure. 53% I'll say were likely to be true. Okay. But we're down to like a sixth now that I should maybe be impressed by. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of combining those numbers. Yeah. Uh, times that he just asked a question. Uh-huh. Like sought information from the person, forty eight percent. So Whoa. About half the time he was just asking them, "Oh, give me a piece of info." Yeah, and then either backdating his understanding of that information or using it in some other way. Yeah. Okay. So for things that I thought he had an easy path out, if he was wrong, mm-hmm. I marked twenty percent, and I was again trying to be very generous there. And just pick things where like, okay, the way you phrase that, you could go either way with the response. So about 20% of the time, about 11% of the time, what he said didn't get a response or got a negative response and it caused him to shift to a different person. So I I think we get sort of a rate of handshakes or handoffs to like, okay, let's broaden this out, find someone else nearby you or in the audience that we can move this reading to. Mm. And that was how much of the time? 11%. 11%. So, okay, I'm doing these these backwards. So 89 out of 100% out of 100 times that didn't happen. Okay, got it. And then 9 out of the 75, 12% were like laugh lines or just jokes that he was inserting. There might have been some information attached to them, but mostly it was just like sometimes it was even like making him look a little better at the person's expense. Like, oh, well, I guess that's why I told you about the R name earlier, huh? Because you've connected with Ron now. Oh, Re- right. Remember mm-hmm. um, but that, you know, we've got a laugh. So 12 percent there. So then about 7 percent or five out of the 75 statements were just like really strong emotional things mm. probably couldn't be evaluated. But, you know, stuff like. Can you let him know his dad wished him a happy birthday? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's neither here nor there. And it's just kind of meant for a sentimental effect on the audience. Interesting. There you go. That's that's my breakdown of looking at, I would say, about half of the reading. Okay. I'm just going to – I know we're in like a little bit of subjective world here, but I'm just yeah. going to see, see 8 times 9. 72 over mumble, 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 mumble. Yeah, if you, so, if you want to look at these numbers. And- I mean, but I, on my kitchen math, which may be off, it seems like we're at like 12% that I should consider being impressed okay. by. Okay. Yeah. And I would say the times where I even had a scintilla of thinking, 
oh, could that have been a hot reading? I could count on one hand. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the whole reading. You know, this is just a portion of it. But I would say there were maybe like two or three instances where I went, oh, that was okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of that long of an event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say too impressive. I think statistically, he fell right where you would expect for cold reading. I don't suspect there was hot reading involved. Yeah, I don't either after your review. Mm -hmm. It seems... Also, like he's missing a bunch of hits he was supposed to get because he goes so fucking fast. Yeah. One of the reasons what you're doing in this little run of John Edward episodes is so effective is because his strategy relies so much on going so fast Mm -hmm. and our brains just have to grab the information and squish it you know we have to zip file all uh-huh, of that information uh-huh. and summarize it for ourselves and you're saying no no ross won't gloss so you <laughs> break apart all the data and make sure we actually see it um and which but, is i think also why he does not want these recorded do not yes, record turn yeah, off your phones clearly but it also means he misses stuff he's going mm. so fast mm-hmm. that you know when we were going over this we were like well that's weird she kind of confirmed that and mm-hmm. he acted like it wasn't a confirmation and later i realized oh but that was going a million miles an hour that hurts him too that's the downside for him yeah i was just watching a video of him performing with a different audience it was a televised audience and there was a moment where he got some really strong responses from this woman and yeah he just kind of left them and kept moving on doing his thing Mm. and i thought oh like home in on that make the point there And I kind of feel that I've done some street readings and Mm -hmm. I've gotten some things right Mm -hmm. and some things wrong. But I remember once telling a woman, like, I sense there's something around your heart area, something to be aware of. And her body language was like, oh, wow, yeah. And Mm -hmm. I just I kept moving on and I didn't say anything about it. And later on, she told me because we asked her to evaluate my my reading. This was for the CFIIG. She said, wow, I recently had a screening for breast cancer and there was cause for concern there. If you had said something about that, that would have like really impressed me. Mm. It's like, ah, I missed that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to John Edwards' credit, the one thing you definitely don't want to do is drop your confidence. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if that's what you have to give up to keep that confidence up, then yeah, that's the trade-off you're going to make as a psychic. Yeah. Because we're seeing that in the audience. If you go like, oh, uh... Boy, I didn't expect that. That doesn't read well. Yeah, I feel like John Edward has this desire to stick with safe avenues Mm. and keep that hit rate high and things moving Mm. along where he doesn't take that many wild leaps that Mm. that could pay off really well if they land. Mm -hmm. And I always think about Mark Edward, who we've talked to on the podcast a couple times, who is an excellent cold reader and mentalist, worked as a psychic for many years. He has one in particular that he'll often use. And I always think of this. He'll mention, what is it with the clown in the graveyard? Oh, whoa. Which is just so off the wall. You know, sometimes nothing happens and he moves on. Or he rephrases it. But when it lands, as it sometimes does, someone be like, that's me. Oh, how did you? What? Oh, wow. What the hell did you just do? You know, like. Cool. I'm trying to make it work for me. (laughs) And I can kind of do it, but it's forced. Yeah. And you're just one person. But at least if you've got, you know, like 20 people or more in an audience, you know, Mm, someone might be able to. Oh, definitely. And and if they don't, you move on. But still, that, that was, well, what a very specific mental image. So when I'm evaluating cold reading, I have real respect for people who will make that little leap. And Mm -hmm. then when it lands, that's awesome. It seems so cool. And when it doesn't, it still sounds, you know, like interesting. So anyways, yeah. So 
afterward, I went home, went about my life. But sure enough, like a week later, that email did show up saying, Time to evolve. Yeah, here's your invitation for one free year in Evolve. Free mm-hmm. when you pay $180 for our VIP event. And oh my God, it was 180 bucks. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And um, was that on top of your original ticket? That that was Total. included with the ticket. Got it. And so I had that, but also they sent me in the mail. They sent me a book, nominally by John Edward. Okay. Called Final Beginnings, a novel. Oh, I get the joke. And then there's another name at the bottom, Natasha Stoinoff. And so immediately I think, oh, Natasha did all the work. Yeah, Natasha wrote this book. John what Edward up, shares the profits. And I looked her up and she's been like a, not ghostwriter, but like co-writer on mm-hmm. so many things where it's very clear like, oh, she does the work and then you consult with her and give her little notes and she'll make changes. But yeah, yeah. she wrote this book. Supporting authors are just authors. Exactly. But also in the package, they had this uh, invitation to join the Evolve community. So I signed up. I got a membership. They also sent me this signed picture. Uh, Ooh, John- there he is. There's the big man. Yeah, it's um, it's an uncomfortable photo. He looks like he has intestinal distress. <laughs> I, and it's like, huh, really- I didn't feel uncomfortable looking at it, but he looks sort of. Hmm, it's unflattering wizened. lighting. It's like someone stuck his face on a scanner. And took the picture. Oh, man. Like, okay, I'm not seeing this the way you're seeing it. Like, I don't know, like like bad fluorescent lighting or something. Like, I, I, just, <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. And the skin, okay. tone, the skin tone looks like jaundiced. And, it, it's just, I think it, and his eyes look like dark and soulless. I don't think this is an awful photo. Well, you're an artist and I'm not. But what I did notice was that it says, thank you for evolving on it. And thank is capitalized and evolving is capitalized. But you four is not... Why? Maybe you don't capitalize four, but the U? That's like a title case. I don't like it. Okay. Not okay with it. That's what stands out to you. I think that's a terrible photo that you do not pass along as like a- Interesting. He, he, he was my bookmark for reading this book. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad photo. Okay. But- right. You know, I guess now huh. I have to post it on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, make people vote. Yeah, this will be our episode thumbnail and I'll put it on the Facebook page. And yeah, let us <laughs> let us know what you think of this photo. Do you think it, it's awful and unshareable like Ross does? Or do you think it's like, yeah, fine. It's fine. Yeah, I think it makes him look like a gray alien or something. Whoa, okay, cool. (laughs) Now, did you think that dress was white and gold or black and blue? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm trying to remember what my initial response was. I want to say I first saw it as blue and black. Okay. And that I. Yeah, now I I can see it both ways too. Okay, wait. What color is the dress? <laughs> yeah, I think the actual dress was blue and black. So maybe it is. Yeah, you, but okay. You know, maybe I saw the, it first as here's white. Here's the original image. Yeah, I see that as blue and black. No way, really? You see it as white and gold? Yes, 100%. Oh, so like not even a hint of so blue. So your eye is adjusting as if you're in the shade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm a shade baby. Yeah, right now I can't make my brain see that as white and gold. Whoa. Yeah, I have to really work to try to convince myself there's a little <laughs> hint of blue. Perception's funny, folks. That's so crazy. Okay. This is six years old and I'm still wigging out about it. (laughs) So we were told at the event that if we signed up for this Evolve group that there were giveaways. And please sign up for the giveaways because every month we give away 25 things and only like 36 people sign up for it. So you're, you're like very likely to win something. So I forgot the first couple months. So I signed up for the July one and I find out tomorrow 
or at least the contest closes tomorrow. So I'm going to find out soon if I won something for July. Okay. Oh, and, cool. And we've been doing these episodes and my membership hasn't been canceled. So I'm guessing they haven't figured out yet that we're doing the series. Or don't mind. Hi, John. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. If John, so. come on the show. But what else can you get with your Evolve membership? So there's giveaways and those giveaways include private readings, event tickets, virtual or in-person, appreciation packs, the opportunity to ask John a question, or the chance God, to be... he loves being asked questions. Or the chance to be a guest on Evolve with John Edward. And I don't Ooh, know what that means. Like, I wonder if that's a podcast. Yeah, it sounds like a podcast the way they're saying that. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. So I'm really hoping for July that I win something. We'll see. But guess how much these private readings are worth, Carrie? So I, actually, I think you did guess before. And you had a very good guess. I want to say you guessed somewhere around seven fifty for a private reading from oh, okay. him. Okay, yeah. My as you were developing that sentence, I was thinking six hundred dollars. So okay, I guess it was a little lower, but yeah. So a private reading session is scheduled for one person, and the current fee is eight hundred fifty dollars. Damn, for how long? That's a very good question. I don't see it spelled out here. So maybe he's allowing himself some freedom to make it as long or short as he wants to. I remember this number. I could be off, but I think Sylvia Brown charged $750 for a half hour reading. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's so expensive. So I'm guessing he reserves the right to be like, oh, well, uh, we're getting to the end of the reading here, you know, half an hour or go longer if he needs to. But that's for up to four people who can attend the same session. Okay. For an additional $250 per person. (laughs) Ha ha. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. It looks like Evolve with John Edward has been on for nine years, and it might be a YouTube show. Interesting. Um, let me spend three minutes and 41 seconds showing you this highlight reel, and then how, we can tell people. How great would it be if I was chosen for that? Oh, it'd be wonderful. Hey, everybody. It is the week of February 17th, February 24th, March 3rd, March 10th, and this is Evolve with John Edward. Have you started to feel the retrograde or its effects? Well, Mercury governs communications, contracts, and travel. And guess what? There's a new moon. It's starting on the 11th. Great time for new things. March is the third month, and in numerology, the number three represents creativity and expansion. Guys, stick around because we have got plenty of exciting topics to discuss, and I'm going to be reading randomly selected members of the five and lots more. Somebody fell, and when they fell, they either... They cracked their hip, they cracked their leg. Mm-hmm. That's my grandmother. They're telling me to bring up somebody doing something with contact lenses. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something about the contacts I'm supposed to bring up or if you guys recently went for contacts or if there's a conversation. <laughs> okay, did this just happen? Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Yes. Where's the cancer connection? My brother had cancer. Did you go for a bone marrow test? Me, no. That might be Stephanie. Yeah, this sounds like me. Okay, so did you go have a bone marrow test? I have, yes. Okay, was that recently? Mm-hmm. Okay, the reason why they show me stuff like that is because they want to show me that they see what's happening around you. For me, it's, it's a three-part process. I see, hear, and feel energy using the faculties of clairvoyance, clear seeing, clear audience, clear hearing, clear sentience, which is clear feeling. And then it becomes a game of what feels like psychic charades. I have to pay attention to everything I'm thinking, everything I'm feeling, and then how it all kind of comes together. And then I go with what it means to me in my frame of reference. We are gonna be talking today with Lisa Renna. She is an actress, she is an author, and she's got a brand new book out, and she's here to talk about it. I am very, very excited to be sitting here with the Mia Michaels. Many of you are familiar with her choreography from So You Think You Can Dance. I'm being joined by actress, advocate, 
comedian Nikki Blonsky. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. For anybody that's watching this, if you're doing any type of work that has a healing or teaching component to it, I don't care if you're a bartender or a hairdresser, mm -hmm. a school teacher or a massage therapist, or somebody who's an actual practitioner of light, it is very, very important to always, always, always protect yourself psychically because you can take on a person's energy in a very, very big way. Can I ask you, is there a Ruth connection to you or somebody with an R name, either living or past? Yes. Where, where is that connected to you? Um, it's a cousin that, uh, that we just recently found in this past September and her name is Ruth. Are you connected to Floyd or Lloyd? Yes. They phoned just before you, actually. <laughs> the surname is Lloyd. Now, how's your knee? Is your leg okay? Uh, I have to have a knee replacement soon. Just knowing that I can get on to John Edward Dutton that every day makes every day so much better for me. It really does. The reason why the show is called Evolve, I say it is not a name, it is a command because that's what we're here to do. We're, we're here to help people evolve. So the people that I interact with, the guests that we have on here, is all to help people that are watching, that come in contact with our conversation and dialogue, how to evolve in their lives. Wow, that all felt 20 years old. It was nine years old. Oh, okay. But yeah, I gotta say, terrible highlights. Yeah. Yeah, really not a good video. Okay. And old guys like, yeah, my knee hurts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So other prices, he has workshops and classes. Those are $795 to participate in. Wow. If you have a small intimate group, he can do that for 650 I get you, John. I know what you mean. Small intimate group. Yeah. Oh, you think it's like a dating thing? <laughs> no, it just sounded sexy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what this is, but I'm intrigued. A double medium event. Does that mean there's a different oh, medium involved? Double medium event. Yeah, I want to know about that. It's only $600, but all it says <laughs> is on this website I'm signed into with my membership for one year. It just says there are no double medium groups scheduled at this time. I want to know more. <gasps> double what, medium? What is that? Wait, hang on. Like, does he invite another medium? That's maybe? my guess is that he has like a visiting co-medium and they handle the group together and $600 to join one of those. That sounds right. It seems like then you have to sign off on their entire philosophy, which... Yeah, well, seems... it happens. Okay, great news. I figured out what a double medium is. It's a kennel for a dog that's twice as wide <laughs> as a normal kennel for a dog. Well, that makes sense. So I've Googled that successfully. And a group reading is $100 to $175. So there you go. Okay. Those, those are the prices. There's a little section here... All kinds of little options, and none of this is updated too often except, you know, the monthly contest and giveaway, but he's got Watch Evolve with John Edwards, so I guess this is where you come to watch that. Okay. And he has some back episodes, so y'all have to watch through some of these. Oh, interesting. Some of the subtitles for Evolve include Belief, Flashback, Spiritual Wellness, Duke. What? Oh, Double Medium. Ooh, oh. Here we go. Sure enough, John is joined by special co-host, psychic medium Jonathan Lewis. Mm, okay. He's got one called Sugar Free. I've got to watch that. Mm. That's another one called Cleanse. Yeah, okay. So you can watch all of those episodes of Evolve. He's also got casts and scopes, cards, meditations, books and beyond, featured contributors, numerology, member incentives, recipes, 
store, and photo gallery. Those first two caught my attention. Casts, meaning forecasts, and scopes, meaning horoscopes? Yeah, I think you're right. And these... Okay, because it sounds like two medical things, a cast and a scope. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, well, and there's four video links there. Okay. One was like a podcast. One just says Indian Ocean. One says Rainbow (laughs) Bridge. And one says Uluru Camel Ride. Oh, my God. All right. You have to be so dedicated to this to click on one of those titles because, yeah, yeah, they're so, it doesn't give me any information. Which makes me think I'm going to be clicking on these later. But there you go. So that's my membership. And there was a follow-up event on May 28th. We were allowed for having participated in this VIP event to Mm. sign in for that. And I apologize, everybody. I let you down. I let me down. I did, did you not gloss? attend. You glossed? I glossed. Ross glossed. I had it on my calendar <laughs> for the day as like an all-day event. My mistake was I didn't put it like as when I found out what the time was. I didn't put it for that time. And I totally, yeah, I glossed. You glossed. I glossed. You know what? I'm so sorry. This is already three episodes. It's okay. All right. But who knows what mysteries of the universe I could have solved there. Uh. But I did read this book they sent me. And of the books that... Yeah, you handed this to me and asked me if I wanted to read it. And I considered it until I saw it was a novel. Yeah, so I picked this up. And it's not the one that he became kind of famous for, which was, I think, Afterlife. And then he has Crossing Mm. Over, of course. Of course. He has a book called One Last Time. And a novel called What If God Were the Sun? S-U-N? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what if? Yeah, what if? Wow, deep. He'd be full of hydrogen being converted into helium. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, wow. What if? It would be like that, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> but, you know, I figured, well, I'll bite. He sent me this. Let's read it. And <laughs> it was written in 2004 okay. by John Edward and again, Natasha Stoinoff. old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing they just have a big collection of these books. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what are we going to give away to these people who... Come to our live events. Here you go. You paid 180 bucks. You get this 2004 book we cannot sell. Yeah, no one's been buying his novel. Because, that makes sense. Because why would anybody read this novel? So it's called Final Beginnings, a novel. And it's about this famous psychic, Catherine Haywood. And this is published by Hay House. So I feel like there's some connection mm. there. I'm sensing an H. And she's off on vacation in Italy, and she's trying to just disconnect from the spirit world. You know, this is what she does for a living. She's a famous psychic. Let's unwind. But no, she just keeps reading people, and the uh, you know the guy who's navigating her in the gondola, she reads that he's from Brooklyn. He's like, how did you know? I fooled everybody. You know, they all thought I was a native. You know, so that's going on. But then she sees, like, this image of a tower, and she keeps getting the word tower and hearing the word tower, and people are like, I didn't say tower. And it's like, oh, I thought you said tower. So she's getting this, essentially, the card from the tarot deck that's giving her the message of the tower. And and then, like, there's a message from a a young woman that she hears, and she knows, oh, I need to cut my vacation short and go back to New York. Mm. And there's this invitation that this radio program wants her to come on the radio program. Okay. So I don't particularly want to do that, but someone, like publicizes that she's doing it. She's like, oh, well, I guess I have to do it now. I didn't really want to do it. So she's heading back to New York. Meanwhile, we keep introducing like this B plot and the C plot and like uh, all of these other characters. So you have a lot of like guys who are ex-military or ex-cops and they're really, you know, school of hard knocks guys. And, okay, yeah. but, but they lost someone in their lives, you know, some important supportive female figure uh, who's no longer okay. here. Enough that there were two characters that I just kept confusing. They seemed like the same person Oh, weird. Me. Okay. But okay. So one of them is like a landscaper and he's working on this major project down by the bridge. 
and carrying a lot of fertilizer in the back of his van. So I keep thinking, okay, is he a bomber? Is he a terrorist? Because that's what they're setting us up for. But he doesn't seem like the type. And then you have this ex-cop who lost his wife and he's you know called crazy jack now because he had some big public blow up after his wife died and now he just he solves cold cases and works in his apartment because he's too much of a liability for the police department so you know so those are people we're being introduced to meanwhile we're also meeting this very rich guy the conrad whatever his name is who's this you know billionaire who's starting this giant building that he's going to cut the ribbon on that uh, does like advanced genetics research Mm. okay so Here's all our pieces. So she gets on the radio and the crazy cop guy calls up because he's angry at her. Like, you fake psychics. You're so awful. Oh, okay. So then she starts like reading him. Wait, no, no, don't hang up because I'm getting a message from your wife. And then all of a sudden she gets this message that kind of takes over everything. Like, there's going to be a terrorist attack. And this is 2004, so it's just a few years after 9-11. So this is what we should have expected for 9-11 if, you know, people were sensing future emotions. Yeah, why are you creating a psychic that's so much more powerful than you are, John Edward? Right, right. So she actually, she does do the thing where she's like, oh, I'm getting an S and, Mm. oh, there's someone, I'm sensing the image of a blue rose and that's from your mother. Uh, That was something that meant something to you. Does he actually use blue rose in there just like he did in your event? He does. Wow. Yeah, which is funny. It was a tie-in with the novel, I learned yeah. later. And many of you may point out, blue roses are not a natural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. This guy, you know, has an advanced genetics laboratory that ah, he's opening up. Of course. He engineered blue roses for his mother. So that's Whoa, an amazing Oh, you can also just put a white rose and so, some blue dye. But so okay. she's on the radio and she has this premonition that, oh, there's going to be this horrible terrorist attack today in New York. Okay. Everybody freaks out. They cut Whoa, off New the, York. He's going for it. Okay. Yeah. And they cut off the radio station. Yeah. He's mentioning specific like bridges and, and geographical locations but and like, tunnels. But like this is right after 9-11. This is yeah. sensitive stuff. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the billionaire wants to question her like, why did you say this stuff? And where are you trying to to ruin me and it gets so unnecessarily complicated he has twin sons but one of them died and so the other son was the one who booked her for the radio station and why'd you do this you let me down we're having this big unveiling today and now you've got everybody all worried about this terrorist attack mm. uh, meanwhile you have the angry cop who like chewed her out on the radio now looking for her so he can shoot her or scare her. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's now on a mission to get on his uh, motorcycle and go find this psychic and scare her. Meanwhile, there's also a reporter who used to cover police malfeasance but then got in trouble when she got something wrong and, and mm. spoiled an investigation. So now she's been forced to write horoscopes if she wants ah, to stay employed. Okay. So she senses all of this police activity going on around the bridge. So she's going to go get the breaking story. And so then she encounters horoscope writer. Okay, she encounters the billionaire berating the psychic, and she's like, "Oh, I've got a scoop here," you know, like because I'm getting the special information with her you know, little device where she's recording all this. Anyway, so all of this comes together, and of course, then massive explosion goes off the new genetic center gets destroyed by the falling <laughs> bridge you know that destroys the tower essentially uh-huh. so you know all of these premonitions are coming true oh goodness i don't know if any of this is worth uh, unraveling but you have all these players and eventually it turns out that the head of security for the genetics research tower was the one who planned all of this and tried to uh, like science is bad tried to blame 
the gardener guy who had all the fertilizer make it look like he did it because ah. he also has ties to like his wife who passed away was a Muslim. And so, you know, that was also kind of a tie into oh, wow. the 9-11 thing. Yeah. So all of this is going on. And, you know, of course, this psychic all throughout, she's never wrong. Sure. She's way better than John Edward. Clearly. At doing this stuff. And she keeps getting very specific readings on people, but kind of using his methods. But if they were as impressive as he wants people to believe they are. Right, right. So then finally it all ends up with them all racing off to, I don't know, Hoboken, New Jersey, because there's like another facility there and there's a bioweapon. It's going to be released. And this is so annoying because they're all like converging on this facility because there's terrorists there who are going to release this bio agent. And we've got this big countdown when this explosion's going to go off. And then we just stop in this tunnel and everybody's there. All of the main characters somehow end up in this tunnel at the same time. And this thick white gooey cloudy material comes in here and like makes it so they can't drive through it so they stop and they just talk for a third of the book what and and you're like waiting for this explosion that's going to go off and they're having all these little sappy readings and your mother's appearing and i see her oh do you see her you see her now too wow and so they're all having these little spiritual reckonings while you're waiting for this bomb to go off yeah they just filling pages and here. I, I just keep thinking, who is this book for? Like people yeah. who want the sappy spiritual stuff don't want this um, terrorist plot th- thri- tale? thriller. Yeah. Terrorist yeah. plot. Yeah. So it's like, who is this book for? I loved at the end after they've all reached their emotional conclusion and, and said their last goodbyes and cried and you know, a few people die. It says, if you enjoyed final beginnings and want to continue with the spiritual adventure to see what happens next, look for infinite endings coming soon Uh uh-oh did that come no never came that book did not come so i'm guessing that's why they have a bunch of copies that they can send to people who attend these events not popular jokes on you john edward i read it and i'm going to leave a review on goodreads (laughs) that'll still probably be pretty polite (laughs) probably (laughs) um that's how i do it (laughs) (laughs) whereas mine would just be like one star bad (laughs) um I I hope any of that made sense. It it did. What I kept thinking, uh, it doesn't matter, obviously, but what I kept thinking is like, if someone predicted a terrorist attack, we would all assume they were a terrorist. I mean, that was considered like, oh, why does she know this? Okay, yeah. I mean, that seems like the far more likely explanation than, oh, she's like talking to the spirits and they're telling her about the plans of some terrorists she's never met. There was a lot of umbrage at her expense, people suspecting her. But, you know, she always turned out to be right. So eventually she won over the billionaire and the others. But see, that would make me, I'd be like, and she was right. Fuck, she's like spearheading this thing. Oh, and of course, we knew this would happen all along, but the twin brothers, spoiler alert for anybody who inexplicably wants to read this book, the billionaire who had lost one son it turns out that the other son had taken his place and pretended to be him of course like uh, the way they set it up you're like oh it's actually michael it's not uh, danny right, i right. get it i see twins twin towers what a bizarre book yeah um it's, it's like, sounds bad it's like watching one of those christian movies where like everything is solved by like the family getting together and praying mm. and you're like this is a boring movie mm-hmm. but you know everything mm-hmm. works out right because they prayed it's I like this, movie. this is the psychic version of that like look what would happen if the psychic you know could give this accurate information all the time right 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 it would be a different world john edward yeah it and would, natasha stoyanoff it's nothing like this it's nothing like this <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a takeaway from this investigation is that we would live in a very different world if dead people 
actually mm-hmm. came across and talked to people like John Edward and mm-hmm. gave them specific information that was not just verifying things that you already know about them. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't think that is the world we live in. So I did not come away from any of this uh, convinced that John Edward actually talks to dead people and they talk back. Okay, bummer. I'm starting to not buy his whole thing. Yeah, okay, you're starting to get a little, uh, little hesitant about uh, his synthesis. And, you know, I'll report back if I win any additional stuff on his site or if I become a guest on Evolve. I'll let you know. Of <laughs> yes, course. please. And John Edward, if you're hearing this, we'd love to have you on. Oh, and by or the way. Or Natasha Stoinoff. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk with yeah. you as well. Yeah, she had written one of his non-novel books with him, meaning she did the work for him on that one, too. Probably. We don't know this. Uh, yeah. Probably. Oh, I wanted to follow up with you, Carrie, because I think in our first episode, yeah. you started to tell a story oh. about your first selfie. <laughs> and we never came oh, back okay. to it. So if anybody was like, wait, she never Where told the selfie was story. The selfie? Oh, it's not even that good of a story. Okay. All right. Here it is. I was at Le Louvre. Oh, Louvre. In Paris. Uh-huh. And I always remember that getting off the tube... I could hardly understand the person on the PA and they said, and I was like, no, I'm waiting for the Louvre. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's the Louvre. Anyway, so went into the Louvre. I was in Paris with my college boyfriend, Evan, still a friend. And we went to see, uh, is it Venus de Milo or Venus on the half shell? Not the painting, but the uh, the statue. Oh, okay. The the, the painting is the Botticelli. Cello one yes. on the half shell. Okay. And this is where she's missing the arms. I think so. I don't even remember. Okay. But because I don't have the selfie, don't know where it is. But Evan and I walked up to it and I just remember saying to him, like, oh, let's take a picture. Do you want to do one of like these? And sort of like holding up oh, the you, camera. And you saying, invented the selfie. Invented the, no, but that was becoming more de rigueur that people mm. just do this. I'm going to be in this picture. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not even going to ask someone to do it. That's fine. I don't actually need to like have it composed in that way. That was just sort of a new ah, thing to all of yeah, us. Yeah. And it's like 2006, I think. And yeah, so I just remember that and him being like, yeah, let's do, okay, let's do one of the, well, we won't be able to see it, but okay, let's do that. <laughs> and then later getting it and it was mostly our faces and a little bit of, Oh yeah, in the days of like actual film and the camera, I have to send this off later and see how it turned out. I do think it was a digital camera, but the viewfinder would have been away from us. Got it. Okay, yeah. so- Composing it blind. Yep. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, you're right. In that way, we didn't get the photo back. That was probably seconds later. But yeah, that's my selfie story. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So about John Edward. I've been thinking about John Edward a lot since we started talking about him. And I, I was asking myself, what is it that like bothers me so much about this? Yeah. Because it is gross to me. To pretend, and I'm making an assumption there, Mm -hmm. but to pretend that you're talking to someone's dead relative. But if I have to explain it more than that, if the listener's like, I don't know, it's not gross to me. What do you mean? I was having a really hard time putting my finger on like, what is gross about that? Why is that so bad? Yeah. 
So I think I've sort of put a finer point on it. In order to tell you the finer point, I have to tell you something really sad okay. um, that, that you know. So my dog, Ella, who's 15 and who I've had since she was one, has been diagnosed with a stage two kidney disease. It's a, it's a lethal diagnosis. So she's, she's in stage two and there are four stages and stage two is the healthiest, happiest place we can keep her and we're going to try to make that as long as possible. But, you know, it's really, really sad. And I, I see her death coming now. So I've just been thinking about like, what it is to be in relationship with someone. And I think this is true of humans and non humans. But what's beautiful for me about my relationship with Ella is that it interrupts my reality. Mm. I'm mm. stuck in my own head which is, I think, a particularly busy, heady head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there will just be this creature who just enters my scale of vision and says, like, no, there's a whole other world. Mm. There's the one I'm in where I'm just walking around on the floor and I'm just, like, smelling kibble <laughs> and I'm just glad you're around. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just get on the floor with me and let that be your day, that's a whole reality too. You don't have to be writing a book. You don't have to be whatever. I would enjoy the floor exercise even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a version of that in all our relationships where we interrupt each other's reality and say like, here's a new way to see things. Mm -hmm. Here's mm -hmm. a new way to experience the world. And that's so valuable. Yeah. And it's so unpredictable, yeah. which is what's so valuable. You know, you'll, you, Ross, will say things to me where I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. bring in your own experience. And vice versa, yeah. And trusting like, oh, well, I've built this whole relationship with Ross or with Ella, and so this thing is valuable. Then John fucking Edward mm. walks in in a moment where I've lost Ella yeah. and says... I know what she'd interrupt you with. Mm -hmm. I know what she'd offer you. And that... I just met you. I know nothing about you. I didn't even just meet you. You're right. You're here in front of me. <laughs> and I can assume the thing that's somehow going to make this better for you. Yeah. And... Let me flavor all of your recollections going forward and the last vestige of connection that you have. And now it's going to be almost as loud as my actual memories of Ella. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's not really new information. That's what I want out of my relationships is this like new information, mm. new experience mm. from that being who I've instilled with certain trust. And instead, you're taking it. You're stealing it. You're stealing my trust in that person or animal and saying, no, 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 that doesn't even matter. Who mm -hmm. cares? Who cares where it comes from? I have just as much wisdom to give as Ella does. And the most important aspect of this interaction is verifying that I'm for real. Yeah, yeah. Then there's that whole thing. Yeah, yeah that like, I'm just going to sit that's here. That's the and... real takeaway here is uh, I'm pretty great. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's his takeaway. So anyway, I think that's really, wow. really shitty. <laughs> and uh, Beautifully put. Oh, thank you. Carrie tells all this as she's holding... Ella in her uh, in her hands. Yeah, and she's given me all sorts of information, even when she's just pacing around because her kidneys are failing her and she's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, I know kidney disease is, is really common in older animals, so there's mm -hmm. probably someone listening to who's like, my dog was just diagnosed with stage two kidney disease, so oh. I'm in it with you, friends. It's really rough, but it also probably means your animal lived a long time because it's mostly dogs who are... In advanced years. And Ella's just hearing all of this kind of gently looking around. Yeah. She's been the most wonderful companion. Looking mama. And still is. And she's still here. Aren't you? Yes, you are. 
We're yeah. going to enjoy the hell out of you. You're here in front of the mic. You can got anything to say, Ella? Can you hear her licking? Yeah. That's what Ross is usually editing out. <laughs> is Ella licking <laughs> Carrie's <Sounds> jowls? Sounds <laughs> of Ella licking. Oh, there was around. a yawn. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. Hmm. So anyway, John Edward, if you're listening, maybe just cut it out. Yeah, maybe don't. You have a $3.5 million mansion. Retire. You're good. Yeah. Stop it. I mean, you've got more copies of Final Beginnings to give out. So. <laughs> <laughs> the world Touché. needs that, but otherwise, <laughs> you can cease and desist. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that says it better than any rating or other final statements can. That, thanks for uh, thanks for thinking that out. Oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Yes, thank you very much. I am Ella. This is my voice. <laughs> Has Ella spoken on the show before? Oh, yeah, she I think must so. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is how Ella talks. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, that's her voice. <laughs> All right, well, if anything pertinent comes up, we'll let you know. But otherwise, uh, that's it for our John Edward series. John Edward, woo! And but also... Boo! <laughs> Woo, boo! Are they saying burns or boo earns? <laughs> ah, the Simpsons. So good. But yes, if you are listening, John Edward, uh, you are welcome on the show. Let's have a conversation. Oh my God, please. We're into it. Uh, well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Ryan Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Yes, please. And thank you. You can also support us by leaving a positive review wherever you found this podcast. You can tell a friend. Tell your dead loved ones. Oh, wait, that won't help us. <laughs> and remember. Hey, everybody. I'm John Edward, and welcome to Evolve. It is September 2021. So thank you guys for watching. And it is the shadow of Mercury retrograde. So you know what that means. Retrograde, review, retrospect, all the RE words, redo, renew, reuse, reflect, all the RE words. And you look at the planet that it's retrograding in, Mercury. The astrologers tell us that's the planet of communication. So contracts, communication, negotiations, all of that, travel, double and triple check. Um, make sure you're backing all your devices up. Fun stuff like that. Hey there, quick favor to ask. Will you help us out by taking a five minute survey at MaximumFun.org survey? As you know, most of the support for MaxFund comes directly from folks like you, but many of our shows and our network also rely on limited advertising for some revenue. This survey helps us attract advertisers that are a good fit for the audiences of our shows, and it helps many of our hosts secure a bit of extra income. It should only take a few minutes to complete, and you'll get a discount at MaxFund store when you do. That's MaximumFun.org survey. Thanks. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm 
Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. (laughs) Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, (laughs) addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. (laughs) There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.